You're listening to We Need to Talk About Sam, a podcast where a supernatural superfan and a supernatural newbie discuss every single episode of the hit CW show. This week, we'll be covering Season 1, Episodes 6 and 7, Skin and Hookman. I'm Kenzie. I'm Haley. And we need to talk about Sam. Which means we are not going through our emails and multitasking. She's multitasking, and by that means she's. How many emails are you down to? 5,072. Oh my god. Haley's decided that right this minute is when she needs to go through her email and delete everything. Oh, this one's actually important. (laughs) This one's actually important. I love you. Okay, well, let's get started on episode six, Skin. I love Skin. This is such a good episode. Such a good episode. It doesn't... It's very, very classic Monster of the Week. It doesn't have too much... Well, no, that's a lie. That is a lie. They get. It's very Dean-centric. It doesn't have too much Sam stuff. That's what it is. It's very Dean-centric. And I really love it. <laughs> um, we get our, our t- typical recap that we've been having for the last few episodes. Just the normal stuff. The quote from episode two, say, you know, saving people, hunting things, all that. And then we cut to St. Louis, Missouri, and I love this opening sequence. Isn't it? It's so good. Oh, yeah, With, the, yeah. like, the SWAT team. It took me a second to remember what Raiding it the was. house. You get these, uh, great, like, shadowy, not really showing faces shots and stuff, and you get glimpses of a perpetrator and it's ah the suspense is so good um i i know i originally watched this episode with the original like audio choices so the original song is inagata da vida i think is how you say it by iron butterfly but they changed it to good deal by mommy and daddy for netflix and i think both songs work really well I just heard the Netflix one. Yeah, we did not watch the DVD this week because we were lazy. <laughs> we were already I think we were already in Netflix. <laughs> yeah. And we were like, you know what? We should watch the episodes. <laughs> and just didn't didn't bother getting up to put the DVDs in. Um, but yeah, it's such a good scene, and but I love I love the bit when the perpetrators finally like caught and they like corner him uh, you know, on the balcony mm-hmm. and you finally get that slow turn with you're the like, knife who is, it? who is it and see that it's dean and you're like and, what oh it's so good and then you get the cut to one week earlier and you're like i, I honestly really love when they do that when they like it's not something i want to see done like you know consistently or anything but i love that 
trick of storytelling mm-hmm. to hint at something and then be like, okay, but now we got to explain it. Yeah. Because that's not what you think, <laughs> you know? Like, and you're why? like, I know it's not... I know it's not what it looks like, but also, this looks bad. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, we're six episodes in. We know we know who Dean is. At least we thought we knew who Dean was. So, yeah. It's such, well, you it's don't, such an effective opening. You don't think he's a bad guy, right? No. I mean, he's a dick. I mean... <laughs> he's not a bad guy. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> Oh, so you cut to one week earlier with the boys stopping for gas and Sam checking emails. Did you catch what device he was using to check his emails? Was it a Palm Pilot? It was a Palm Pilot. <laughs> God, I love this show. It's so 2005 it hurts. <laughs> it really is. I love, I love how much the technology dates the show. I really do. I think it's really fun. It's very, very nostalgic. I can't, I do not remember what episode it is that's the one where Sam pulls the antenna out of his flip phone with his teeth. He, like, pulls the antenna out and then flips it open. And it's so great. (laughs) I remember I used to play with my antenna on my flip phone. (laughs) Oh my god. (laughs) My dad used to have a Palm Pilot. We like to play games on it. I think my dad With used the to little have a palm stylus. pilot, too, yeah. Yeah, he, my dad's had this, like, flippy case thing that, like, kind of, like, the hinges reminded me of a watch. Like, a metal watch mm. band, you know? Yeah. Like, the interlocking thing. Uh-huh. And so it would, like, flip, and it flipped around real fun. It was great. <laughs> Memories. <laughs> my mom oh. got a Blackberry, and I was so jealous. My dad had a Blackberry (laughs) for a hot minute there. He got it for work. (laughs) Yeah, my mom got hers for work, too. But then I inherited her flip phone, which I was excited about. (laughs) (laughs) It was my first real cell phone. Oh, You know what I did with one of my first real cell phones? I I think it was actually my first real cell phone. (laughs) I had a palm tree sticker on the back of it. Oh, exotic. I'm not joking. It was a sparkly, like one of those like puffy, like those stickers that are like kind of plush, like raised. The ones you get from like a sticker book. Yes. You put it on your phone. And I put it on the back of my phone. I was in middle school. <laughs> in seventh grade. I was a child. That's funny. Oh my god. Oh. Okay, well the boys are stopping for gas. And Sam is checking emails on a Palm Pilot. Um, I don't know if we see his actual, like, email address here, but at some point in the show it's revealed that his email address for Stanford is LawboySam or something like that. Lawboy. Lawboy Sam. Yes. I love him. He's such a dork. Lawboy. I don't... (laughs) That sounds like a real good lawyer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel like that's not even revealed till season 12, but it's not like it's explicitly stated. It's more like it shows up in a screenshot, like in a shot, and someone screencapped it and went, um, what is Sam's email? 
I'm sure it was just like a personal email, right? But I just imagine <laughs> I'm him sure handing it's his Stanford one, handing out like business cards as a professor lawyer. <laughs> it's like, Sa- law okay. boy Sam. Okay, okay, but that boy never took a fucking law class in his life. <laughs> Stanford, they for their law program, like they don't have law classes outside of the law program. Like you, there's nothing you take to prepare for it. Like, there's no prerequisite law classes. He's taking generals, I guess. Yeah, the boy's taking generals. <laughs> and we're all like, law boy Sam. Like, that boy never took a fucking law it's class. Like, yeah, I'm pre-law. Yeah. <laughs> so is anyone, Sam, that's just taking generals with your standards? <laughs> yes. Oh my god, I love it. Okay. We get a fun little insight into, like, the the different ways the boys, boys view the world here, though. Because Dean thinks it's dumb that Sam is keeping up with his Stanford friends. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Sam is like, well, <laughs> you don't have any fucking friends, dude. <laughs> and I like my friends, and I don't want to, you know, lose touch with them, because they're important to me. But Dean has a good point that Sam is not telling the truth to his friends. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know how well the truth would go over, <laughs> uh, but I'm gonna scoot this microphone a little closer. I probably think he's a. They think he's on a road trip with his brother. Yeah, if yeah. If you told him the truth. I just. <laughs> What's great is that the boys ended up on, like. Like, there's, like, an FBI agent after them in the next season. And, like. You know that has to be in the news, right? So, like, what do Sam's Stanford friends think? They're like, oh, yeah, Sam's girlfriend died, and he went on a road trip with his brother to, like, help grieve, and then he became a wanted criminal. (laughs) (laughs) More like his brother did. (laughs) Honest to God. Dean does have a good point, but... Um... Sam has received an email from one of his friends, Rebecca... Uh, she tells him that her brother, Zach, was charged with murder, uh, but she knows that he couldn't have committed it. Sam wants to go look into it, um, and he persuades Dean to backtrack, which... He does reluctantly. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And we cut, this is where we get to St. Louis, Missouri, where Rebecca's parents live, and that's where she was staying when the murder happened, and where she's continuing to stay while they figure things out about what's happening with her brother. And she tells the boys what happened, which is that Zach came home to find his girlfriend, I think her name is Emily, uh, dead, and the police arrested him when they arrived after he called 911. But the problem is that Rebecca and Zach were together at the time of the murder, despite video footage putting Zach at the scene of the crime. Yeah. So... We have a doppelganger something going on right off the bat. Um, these boys are so not smooth. But Sam wants to see the crime scene and tells Rebecca that Dean's a detective. <laughs> and um, he uses the town that they were originally going to, somewhere in Arizona. I don't remember the name of it. But yeah. Dean's like, no, we were supposed to work, you know, so many miles from somewhere Arizona. And going to St. Louis would take us how many, this many miles back the wrong way, and then when they're saying that Dean's a detective, he says he's from the town in Arizona. 
That's that. That's where he works as a detective. And just little, <laughs> just a little detail Dean's line. That, yeah, I'm an officer of the law. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> something a police officer would it's really say. <laughs> real precise. And um, hmm, yeah, okay. Surprised she didn't see through that sooner. <laughs> Honest to God. Well, I think she kind of did, but didn't want to. I don't know. Yeah. She still checks in on it later and finds out he's lying, but they go to Zach's apartment, and Dean doesn't think it's their kind of issue still, even though... <laughs> he's in two places at once. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, but apparently there was no sign of the break-in that Emily let her attacker in, and the lawyers are already talking about a plea bargain, and Rebecca doesn't know who could have done it if Zach didn't, but someone broke in about a week before and stole some of Zach's clothes. But the police wrote it off at the time because they kind of lived in a rough area, I guess. Yeah. It didn't look like a super rough area to me. There's like a businessman in a nice apartment with his wife. Like, yeah. what, two blocks away? <laughs> I mean, I guess that could be true for any big city. You could be in a nice area one minute and go a few blocks the wrong way. That's sort of yeah, a I guess. bad area all of a sudden. I know, rougher area. Yeah, I guess that makes sense, but... We also get a kind of, this is a bit of awkward writing with the, because you hear the dog as they're going into the apartment, but it's not until they're already in the apartment that, um, uh, Dean, at, like, goes back to the door and looks at the dog, and Rebecca's like, oh, he was so sweet, but he changed. She makes it seem like he changed, like, forever ago, but it's been a week. <laughs> He changed. <laughs> it's it's uh, it's it's a bit it's a bit clunky. Uh, it's not my favorite moment of the episode. I don't know why the dog would change either. Well, it wasn't even their house and the dog's house. That they no, broke into. but Dean Dean tells Sam about this, and Sam brings up that animals can apparently, at least in Supernatural, I didn't go digging into this because I was lazy. Um, animals have a strong sense of the paranormal, oh. and so what's actually likely true. is the dog. Yeah, yeah. I mean, have you ever seen a cat just stop and stare into space? <laughs> like like my that's, house those bitches are seeing ghosts. You know they are. <laughs> it's, it's animals and small children yep. have a keen sense of yep things that we don't seem to notice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, it makes sense that even if he like he didn't belong to Zach or Emily if he was outside when the shifter came in and like saw the shifter mm, yeah like it would know I guess that it was something evil yeah so um Dean asks Rebecca if she can get them a copy of the security tape to see and they find out she already has it how convenient she stole it off of the lawyer's desk <laughs> Just the girl who was so concerned about <laughs> contaminating a crime scene is the same one who stole the copy of the security tape off of the lawyer's desk. <laughs> like, I'm sure they had a backup, but what was the thought process of that? like, um, you're trying to help the case, right? Not make it worse? <laughs> I don't know. Don't know. It's very convenient, though, and I guess it was probably done for convenience's sake. Yeah, but so they have to waste time yeah. trying to someone stealing the tape. Yeah, and we get some very uh, like kind of obvious close-up shots on pictures of 
um, Zach and his girlfriend Emily, like, at the crime scene. So then, in the next scene, when we cut to a busy street and see uh, a man watching someone else, we know that it's, like, that something wearing Zach's form, so. Well, it shows him, like, walking across the street, and then they see the eye, like, flash glare. Not in the, not in the video footage. This is... Yeah, they do. Well, yes, but we're not to that part. Oh. We're not to that part yet, babe. I thought we <laughs> There's were. a scene before that. Oh, okay. The scene where they introduce the businessman. I think his name is Alex. You oh, don't find that up and out until, like, way later. Um, and his, his wife, and he's, like, leaving on a business trip, and we see something that looks like Zach, but very isn't, obviously isn't Zach, because his eyes do this silver gold flick thing. Yeah. It's a really creepy and cool effect. It's very well done. Especially in the nighttime shots. Like, there's that shot later of the shifters, Dean, uh-huh. when it, like, the headlights, like, glide over his face, and the eye thing, like, does, yeah. like... Oh, it's so effective. It's real creepy. Then we get to the security footage. It reminds me a bit of, like, a, like a reptile's eyes. Yes! How, like, the scale think, goes in front I of their eyes. I think that might have been kind of the effect they were going for. Yeah. It's super effective. I really like it. It's very... It it's kind of gives you chills. Yeah. I like it. But now we get to the security footage. Okay. <laughs> um, which is... Uh... The boys apparently hired a, or the lawyer hired an expert who says the tape is authentic. Um, and then we get, did you catch this? <laughs> the boys are watching the tape, and then Dean, Sam kind of notices something, and he's like, Rebecca, we could go for those beers now. And she's like, okay, sure. And then he's like, and maybe some sandwiches? <laughs> and I was like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> Sam, would you like to repeat that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, even she's like, okay, Sam. She straight up says, what is this, Hooters? <laughs> or this isn't Hooters or something like that. Like, even she was like, dude. <laughs> like, yeah, I'll go grab you some beers, but I never once offered you sandwiches. <laughs> He's obviously trying to, like, trying to buy get her time. out of the room yeah. longer. Um, and th- still. This is the point where he points out the eye flare on the security footage to Dean that you were talking about. Yeah. Uh, and he, actually, he talks about how a lot of cultures, this is a quote straight out of the show, actually, a lot of cultures believe that a photograph can catch a glimpse of the soul and speculates that the monster is some sort of dark double. Um, and Dean's so, still not convinced that it's their type of um, I problem. think he's more convinced at this point. He is, but not completely. But he's never... I think he... It's not until they get to even a, the crime scene, I think. It's not till they get to the goop. <laughs> That he's definitely like, okay, but now we know what we're dealing with. Kind of. Yeah, but when they're at the crime scene, he's like, when they're yeah, at the I crime scene, I think you're right. This is our type of problem. <laughs> but the crime scene's before the security footage. They've already left the crime scene. Oh, really? Yeah. Don't they investigate a couple crime scenes though? They they do go to a couple different scenes. Yeah. Um. That must be what I'm thinking. But before that, we go back Maybe to the know. businessman's apartment. Uh, and his, like, trip got cancelled, so he came straight back from the airport, and he finds his wife tied up and bleeding, which, this poor woman. <laughs> Seriously. Uh, also, this poor guy, because he knows he didn't do it, and he gets attacked by someone who looks like him. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, so he comes home but to this. But his wife believes that he's the one who did it. Yeah. He like, comes home to this terrifying scene, and then his wife is terrified of him. Is, I mean, not that Zach's life isn't ruined, but like. Like, fucking hell! <laughs> and then he finds someone that looks exactly like him and is like, yeah. what the fuck? And then yeah. he gets knocked out. <laughs> oh my god. We get the silver eye effect again, but yeah, the poor dude gets knocked out. Uh, and then then we cut to the next morning when Dean is such a fucking mood. Was it like 5.30 in the morning or something? And Dean is like, I don't know why we're out here at this godforsaken <laughs> time of day. Like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> Sam's like, Oh, you know, we're missing something. Na na na. The the shift or the thing goes into the apartment but doesn't come out, which so it had to go somewhere, you know. Which logic, yeah. duh. Uh, meanwhile, Dean is like, "Why? Okay, yeah, yeah, solid logic, but why the fuck are we awake? <laughs> like, it's good enough, waited." Yeah, that's a mood. Oh my Me god. In the mornings. Yeah. Um, but this is when an ambulance drives by, and I am a little confused about the timeline of this, because does it just take Alex that long to wake up, and now it's the next morning? Like, I mean, he was knocked out, so... But if, okay, if you were unconscious for more than, like, 30 seconds, I think it is, you're in trouble. Really? Just 30 seconds? That's yeah, it? hang on. Let me double check. In movies, everyone's unconscious for, like, hours. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and books. <laughs> I mean, though, if you were, like, literally it's hit like... in the head super hard. <laughs> no, basically, if you get, like, knocked out, and you are un- I mean, Alex definitely has a concussion. Which I think- Didn't they put him in a cop car? Oh. Do they? So, like, Yeah, what? yeah, they do. They put him in a fucking cop car. Like, they arrest the dude who definitely has a concussion. <laughs> I'm just- The timeline's kind of messy here. Because Dean said- So- Was it- It's night when Alex comes home, isn't it, I guess. I guess it's kind of in the evening- when the boys go to the apartment, and then it's night when Alex comes home because his trip got cancelled. And then it's early morning. And then it's super early morning, so I guess he was, like, unconscious all night. I mean, maybe he got tied up or something and had to get out of it. But, still, like, the timeline's still kind of wonky, but whatever, okay. Yeah. Um, but an ambulance drives by, and it's going to Alex's apartment, and the boys follow it and see him getting arrested. Yeah, I made, I even made a note that he was being put in a cop car. <laughs> You should so, probably be in an ambulance. <laughs> yeah. You probably should. Along with his wife. <laughs> but I mean, they think that he's the one who did it to her, so yeah. they wouldn't put him in an ambulance with her. Will they be separate ambulances? Yes. But, um... <laughs> Sam goes, like, digging around the back alley of Alex's apartment building, while Dean, like, goes and talks to the cops? I guess? I don't know who Dean talked to. But he comes back with the story and says he was... He was coming home from a business trip and was attacked by someone who looked like himself. Hmm. But I don't know. I don't remember who Dean talked to and got that information. Yeah, I don't remember. <laughs> um, this is where they speculate some more about, shift, about shapeshifters. 
Um, and Sam mentions that the shifter's trail ends, and he can't figure out where it could have gone, which, Sam, my boy, you're very smart. But you're also very dumb. <laughs> Dean is also very smart, because Dean is the one who's like, well, it can't have, like, flown away, so obviously the only option is down. And look here, there's a sewer. <laughs> Entrance into the sewer, but... This is where we get into kind of the lore of shifters a little bit. Um, because the boys go into the sewer and find shifter goo and I speculate. Thought it was funny how they just casually drop down the sewer vent in like the middle of the daylight in <laughs> the street. Well, they're not on a street. Yeah, they they're are. in an alley. Oh. They're like behind the building. Okay. Yeah. Those lids still can't be easy to pry open. Oh, they're heavy. <laughs> <laughs> Those, those fuckers are heavy. <laughs> and they're the shape the way they are, if I remember correctly. Partly so you can roll them away <laughs> from the entrance because they're so fucking heavy. Yeah. <laughs> so, but they're strapping young lads. They got this covered. <laughs> uh, sure. <laughs> These boys spend a lot of time in sewers. <laughs> oh, but we get, this is the first time we get to see shifter goo. Which yeah, is gross. So fucking gross. I love that aspect of shifters in Supernatural, though. That they, like, shed actively have to shed, you know? There's a lot of reptilian-esque There kind of is. I'd never really noticed that until you mentioned it. Which is kind of... It's, it's such an interesting uh, comparison. Because it's super accurate. Yeah. Um... So now they definitely... I mean, they were pretty sure already, but they definitely know it's a shapeshifter now. And they go back to an Impala, and this is where we learn that no matter what kind of shapeshifter it is, a silver bullet to the heart will kill it. Uh, so. I made a note that sounds like a werewolf lore. Yeah, um, I guess werewolves I are a type of shifter. Silver so. is a, uh, not super common, but it is a common material used in fighting monsters. Yeah. Um, I think just as a... It's like, like, salt is useful against a lot of different monsters, mm -hmm. you know? It's kind of one of those things. So, um, but this is when Rebecca calls. Um, it turns out she, she called the police off, or police force that Dean claimed to be a part of. Uh, they've never <laughs> had an officer by that name. Uh, she's really upset because they could have ruined Zach's case and tells Sam to stay out of it. Um, we get a cute little brother moment here where Dean's like, see, I told you this is why we don't, you know, this is why you don't get close to people and, you know, because mm -hmm. stuff like this happens because you can't tell them the truth. And, uh, and then he's like, but the job has some perks and hands Sam a gun. <laughs> Yeah. Because that's how Dean rolls. <laughs> and then we go back down into the sewer again. <laughs> I love the sewer shots. Don't you? Mm-hmm. The low, creepy lighting, and I think it's very effective. But the shifter attacks them, specifically Dean, and injures his shoulder. I don't really know what happened. I'm assuming it's like a... I don't... It's it seems... not dislocated, and he didn't get, like, stabbed. Does it need, like, some sample of the person in order to touch into him? I don't think so. It's like a polyjuice potion situation? <laughs> no, I don't think so. I think it just needs to have seen you. But it, it, I was just trying to think, 
figure out like how actually how Dean was actually injured because I don't actually know. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. His uh, I think it's his left shoulder that's injured. I don't know whichever one it is. Uh, Sam, take note of it, obviously. Um, the boys chase the uh, shifter out of the sewer, and then they decide to fucking split up. Yeah. Because they're a bunch of morons, I guess. I just love how um, Dean's just blatantly running down the street with a gun. Oh my god, yes! <laughs> Sam, Sam's like, hiding puts it. his gun away and is like just kind of glancing around, and Dean's like got his gun, like he's pointing it down like you see like FBI agents do in TV shows and stuff, you know, yeah. when they're running around with their guns and they keep it pointed down in both hands. Yeah. And he's so he's doing that whole thing, so he's being, I guess, safe with it. I don't know, I don't know gun but procedure. Still. But he's running around these <laughs> people... And they're just all staring at him like, what the With fuck? With a gun! <laughs> God! So. Uh. <laughs> it's, I, I loved that. Yeah, I was like, Dean. Dean, what are you doing? <laughs> Dean, what are you doing? <laughs> we don't have time for your blah, 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 blah. <laughs> I love that episode. <laughs> we'll get to that episode. <coughs> um, a good one. The boys. Wait, he has an eyelash. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I thought you were trying to boot my nose again. <laughs> no. Wait, wait. <laughs> um, the boys meet up again. They've had no luck, and Dean says they should go back to the car. But this, this is when we get the um, the headlights shot that I love. Mm where Dean pauses to let a car turn as he's crossing the street and the headlights like glide across his face and his eyes flick silver and you revealed that it's a sh- it's the shifter. Yeah. Um which I I love that. Love that. I don't I kind of wish we got to see Dean get jumped, but also I like that they didn't show it cuz then you get the moment of yeah. It's then it's very it's a short little moment of time when kind of in the you dark know with Sam too. when you know and Sam's in the dark about yeah the change you know so there's added tension of Sam that's not your brother <laughs> although uh, Sam catches on pretty fast he catches on real quick what do you think gives him away um, he says that it's uh, the arm when Dean throws him the keys oh yeah. Because he had an injured arm. Yeah, he catches it with the arm he injured. Or that was injured by the shifter. Um, so that's the, that's what gives... That's what Sam says gives it away. I ha- I feel like... No, because that doesn't make sense. Because shifters take the memories of the person they shift into. Because Sam, like, tests Dean... Um, and ask about a shifter that their dad faced in San Antonio, and Dean says it was Austin. Yeah. It wasn't San Antonio, it was Austin, and then he says, and it turned out it wasn't even a shifter, it was something else. I don't remember what. Um, and Sam is like, like, you see Sam relax, because he's like, okay, okay, this, this has to be Dean, because he knows a thing that only Dean would know. Mm -hmm. But then, he tosses Dean the keys, and Dean catches it with his injured arm, and Sam's like... Never mind. <laughs> so, 
but he won't shoot him. Which I guess makes sense, because even if he knows logically that this isn't Dean, it still, it still looks, looks like, like Dean. Dean. Yeah. And there, if there's anything that the boys cannot do, it's uh, hurt each other. <laughs> or kill each other, at least. They hurt yeah. each other all the time. <laughs> Just wait. <laughs> so... But, so Sam gets knocked out, because he's Sam Glassjaw Winchester. <laughs> I swear to fucking God. <laughs> it takes... Did he really... Did he just, um, punch him and that knocked him out? He gets hit once, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> yeah, we Getting get... hit once would not knock you out. Yeah, yeah. And then Sam wakes up in the sewer. <laughs> Again! <laughs> this is actually a really great set. Um, he's tied up. Uh, with Dean, who, with Dean with quotation marks around it, the shifter, I'll just call it the shifter from now on, (laughs) who refuses to say where Dean is, uh, but he reveals that shifters get the thoughts and memories of the people they change into. And this is, I think, the first example of something the show does a lot, which is where they will use, um a bad guy of some form, or the villain of the episode, in order to have one of the brothers like spill like deep dark feelings <laughs> yeah to the other usually angry ones <laughs> always angry ones so this is our first example of that and i feel like i was thinking as how much of this how much of the shifters thing about uh you know uh you know Dean's got issues with you. You got to go to college. You had to stay home. I mean, I had to stay home. You don't think I had dreams of my own, but Dad needed me. Where were you? Uh, deep down, I'm just jealous. You got friends. You got a life. Me, I know I'm a freak, and sooner or later, everyone's gonna leave me. You know, mm-hmm. how much of that do you think is actually Dean? Mm. It's probably just like his deep insecurities and fears yeah that he's using against sam you know yeah well obviously the shifter wants to like you know upset sam he he doesn't yeah i wrote a question so shifter is able to pick up on their feelings as well as their thoughts well they know they get their like thoughts and memories and stuff so they they basically become that person but okay. shifters also hang on to their own memories, so I wonder, I just wonder how much of that monologue actually is the shifter, and how much is Dean. Well, it's we... definitely based on Dean's feelings about Sam leaving for college, having a normal life, John we... leaving Dean. Later on we do get another dialogue yeah, from yeah. the shifter as Dean. Which is what which makes seems me more think... like the shifter is speaking there. Yeah, well, and the stuff he says in that in that little monologue makes me think that this is based this one is based in Dean's feelings but is also kind of muddled up with the shifter's own feelings of abandonment and being an outcast because he also yeah. doesn't have any friends yeah well I you think know? the shifter really enjoys being Dean for he definitely relates for a, to lot, a of lot different reasons yeah Par- partially getting all of his skills and his you know abilities but I think he feels kind of at home. Yeah, I in think Dean's he, mind he feels like he can Dean's relate a, to him. Yeah, yeah, Dean's a bit of a kindred spirit in the kind of outcast 
from society. It's probably e- easier to be in someone's body that you feel like you relate to personally instead of someone who's like the polar opposite of you. Yeah, so yeah. So he probably enjoys being Dean. Yeah. De- he definitely does. He even says it at one point that he's going to yeah. be really, you know, bummed when he has to move on from being Dean. So they're not able to stay in one form for very long, I well, guess? Well, they could, but the thing was that with, um, with everything that had gone down by that point, there was no way he could, because Dean was, like, a wanted criminal. Yeah. By the time he says, I'm, you know, I'm sad, you know, bummed that I have to... You know, a shifter could stop committing crimes if they wanted to stay in someone's body for a while and stop drawing attention to themselves. there are definitely shifters that do. Are there? Yeah, the boys don't go around killing every single shifter that exists. They only kill the ones that are killing other people, you know. Well, that's what I was saying, like, if you're a shifter, like, stop trying to bring attention to yourself, Exactly, yeah. But this one, I think, just, I, this one is like this a serial killer. This one has some mental ha- issues. <laughs> happens to also be a shifter. That's one of my favorite things I like about shifter episodes is because mentally they're one of the monsters like werewolves that are the closest to human. Like they had parents, they had childhoods, you know, they've got trauma and so you they come in all shapes and sizes just like regular people do because some of them, and some of them turn out to be psychopaths <laughs> and serial killers yeah. who also happen to be able to shapeshift. <laughs> so, that's one of the things I find interesting about shapeshifters. And I think it makes for telling interesting stories. So they, like, I wonder if they're born, like, looking like any other human. Mm-hmm. But then they just shed a skin or something and switch to someone else, and that's what makes them weird, I guess. Are you sure you've never seen this show before? <laughs> what? We find out in the later season, like, how shifters are. Oh, really? Born. Yeah, created, yeah. Well, I don't or know. Or at least part of it. <laughs> so. That was just my speculation. Your speculation is correct, <laughs> I'll tell you that. Spoiler, I guess, but that is exactly what happens, is they're born and they look like a regular baby, and then they reach a point where they shift, usually accidentally. Mm. <laughs> The one time we see it happen, it causes a, a goo explosion. Ew. Because <laughs> he's a baby. He it's can't so, control it. so gross. It's the, you thought diapers were bad. Oh, gosh. <laughs> what do you're cleaning up goo. It's <laughs> <laughs> the only thing I can ever think to call it, is goo. Because <laughs> that's really what it is. It's so gross. Oh. But yeah. Okay. Continuing with our... Uh, recap of the episode. Uh, the shifter reveals that he's going to target Rebecca, Becky, Sam's friend, and he covers Sam up with what the wiki calls a sheet, but I think looks more like a tarp. tarp. I don't know. It was a weird <laughs> big piece of fabric. It was convenient. Also, <laughs> I can't. I cannot move on from this scene without mentioning the rope around Sam's neck. <laughs> was that necessary? I I love it, but I don't think it was necessary. <laughs> And I do, I to this day, do not understand why they made that choice beyond <laughs> emphasizing Jared's long, fantastic neck. <laughs> like, what was the thought process of blocking that scene and being like, yeah, we're gonna put a rope around your neck? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh my god. 
So then we find okay. out Dean's conveniently nearby. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Before that, we get a quick cut to Rebecca's house where the shifter shows up and says he wants to apologize. Sam told him not to come. And he wants to explain himself, yada, yada, you know, and she lets him in. Um, and then we go back to the sewer and reveal that Dean's in the same room. <laughs> I'm like, Dean's, he picked the handsome one. <laughs> when, the, when Sam says the shifter went to, to Becky's house looking like Dean, Dean's like, oh, well, he picked the handsome one. <laughs> um, and then back at Rebecca's house, we find out that D, the shifter has explained what ship shifters are to Rebecca. Uh, he... One of the quotes is, um, like, one of his specific lines is, Evolution is about mutation, right? So maybe this thing was born human, but was different. Hideous and hated until he learned to become someone else. Uh, and then, which is a deep thought. Uh, and then when Rebecca looks away, we also get another silver eye flicky thing. They're really having didn't fun. Know that wasn't actually Dean. <laughs> They're really having fun with that. <laughs> Yeah, they are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Back in the sewer. We get a lot of back and forth. Dean gets free, and he helps Sam get free. Well, Sam explains the shifter was getting Dean's memories. Uh, and then they speculate that the shifter needs to keep Dean alive. I don't know if this is ever actually confirmed. If shifters need to keep um, the person they've changed into alive or not. I think they do. But also, like, how do you maintain a form for a long period of time if you look identical to someone else on the planet. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> That's a question. Um, so we go back to Rebecca's house where the shifter is talking about how the shifter's alone and he relates to it. This is the scene you mentioned earlier. Uh, and then he comes on, he like hits on Rebecca who tells him to leave and then uh, he says something to her, and we never find out what he says. But it freaks her out, obviously, so it wasn't anything good. Yeah. Um, and this is when she tries to call the police and he attacks her. And then we get a recap, and here we are, back at the opening. <laughs> Which is exciting. How the fuck has it been a week? <laughs> what? this okay so after we got this opening scene you know and then it said like a week earlier or one week earlier and now it's supposed to be a week later from when sam got becky's email well i mean it probably took him a few days to drive cross country i guess i guess that makes sense they said yeah. it was far away right <laughs> yeah i think he's like 600 miles or something so i guess that makes it would sense. take yeah, a while about the travel yeah forgot they had to drive because Dean won't fucking fly. <laughs> I mean, now he has a legitimate reason to never want to fly ever again. Yeah. So. I mean, I wouldn't ever want to either. Um, but yeah, we cut back to the scene from the beginning of the episode. And they don't use the same song, actually. In the original one, it was Hey Man, Nice Shot by Filter, but they changed it to Mary by the Death Riders for Netflix. And I think, once again, I think both were a really good choice. Um, but we find out how... Now we now we know that it's not actually Dean who was torturing poor Becky. <laughs> it was the shifter. And the shifter also got Dean's fighting skills. Yep. He beats 
the hell out of all the cops. He throws a knife at one of the cops. He throws a fucking knife. They're like SWAT team cops. Yeah, he throws a knife. Fun fact, Johnson knows how to throw knives. That's a thing that he learned. He knew how to throw darts. If we're gonna have, we're definitely gonna have to watch the day in life of Jared and Johnson video at some point. He he talks about how he like had a dart. He has a dartboard in his trailer, and he was really good at darts. And the the producers were like, "Now we want you to learn how to throw knives," and so you can like see all around the dartboard where he wasn't so good. (laughs) It's pretty great. Um, We'll have to do like a bonus episode of that or something. Definitely, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, the shifter throws the knife at one of the cops and then escapes over the railing, over the fence, and into the sewers. We get a really gruesome but effective mix of practical and CGI for him shifting into uh, yeah, yeah. something. I don't I don't know who he actually changes into. Um, well, we find out. Later he changes into Rebecca. Yeah. But in this moment, I think he's just getting out of Dean's face. Literally, Did they have like an in between state between. I don't know. Skins. I don't think so. I've, we've never. I've never. Yeah. Well, that's what he turned into then. I, he probably could like turn back into the businessman from before or Zach or something. Can they know? go back to skins they've shed? Yeah, yeah. I guess they do. He goes actually. back to Dean later. Yeah. So. I guess they've got like a repertoire <laughs> of people they can be. <laughs> I don't know. But this, uh, that transformation scene, though. Yeah. <laughs> the teeth. Ugh. Oh, the teeth. The te- anything teeth gives me the heebie-jeebies. Not a I fan can't. of the teeth part. I can't. It's creepy. <laughs> I don't like it. He's like, chunks of his body are like falling off. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So he like pulls his ear off at one point. Yeah, he like that's, that's pulls an it off and it like sheds. Like a big chunk of his ear. Yeah. Icky. Icky. So, yeah. We cut to the street outside a TV store where the boys watch a news report about Rebecca's attack and see a police sketch of Dean who says it's not even a good picture. (laughs) (laughs) He's such a child. Um, They have no weapons, no way of fighting the shifter, but Sam is like, well, how did the shifter get to Rebecca's? Probably drove. Which means the po- Impala's the Impala. <laughs> there. Yeah. So they go there, they find the car, and are immediately ambushed by police. And then Sam lets himself get caught so that Dean can escape. Mm-hmm. And tells Dean not to go into the sewer. And then we have another bit of janky timeline stuff. Yeah, I was so confused. I, how- like, When did he switch to Rebecca? Well, and then back to Dean again? Well, he switches to Rebecca, this, the shifter switches to Rebecca before Sam goes back to Becky's house, so while Sam's at the police station. Yeah. The part that confuses me is- And how is did Sam get how... released from the police? Well, they, he even says they, they can't, that they couldn't hold him. Yeah. They had nothing on him. And then how did you Dean know? get the Impala again? But that's like... the part that I get confused about, is how the fuck, where did Dean get the Impala from? Did he, like, come back around and sneak off? But the- the, it was very clear the police were using the Impala as bait. Like, yeah. they left it there yeah. in the hopes that Dean would come back for the car. Maybe and once then, they caught Sam, they all left the scene or something. Well, they would have left the scene, obviously. Maybe they impounded it, and he went and got into the impound. But you, f- there's, like, a whole chunk of time missing that yeah. is just confusing. 
We don't know, like, how much time has passed either. Yeah, yeah, it's the next morning. It's morning now. Or daytime, at least. But Dean somehow got the Impala back. Uh, and he gets a gun ready with silver bullets. Uh, Sam told him before, um, Dean escaped, like, from the police, um, that he didn't, he told Dean not to go down into the sewer alone. Uh-huh. But Dean goes down to the sewer alone. <laughs> not yawning. <laughs> um, but this is, this is where he actually finds Rebecca. <laughs> he finds Becky tied up down oh, in the yeah. sewer. And then we cut to Becky's house and find Sam explaining what's going on to Becky, who knocks him out and reveals herself to be the shifter. Um, so... And back in the sewer, Dean frees Becky. She explains that she watched the shifter turn into her. And then we go back to Becky's house, where the shifter has turned into Dean again. Uh, and he's talking. Likes being Dean. <laughs> he's monologuing because that's what bad guys do. <laughs> they monologue. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he very obviously stabs a knife into the corner of the pool table, uh, which. Sam immediately seizes that opportunity to he kicks the shifter across the room first. Cause fucking hell. <laughs> Did you catch that? Yeah. The shifter's like standing by the table and Sam's laying on the floor with his hands and feet tied and he just like sends him flying. <laughs> it's great. I love it. Uh and then he he cuts himself free and then we get a a fight scene. Which is pretty great. Where the shifter is... Sam holds his own for a little while, but then the shifter is obviously kicking his ass. Mm-hmm. I think shifter even says, I could, you know, you never could beat me in a fight or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, this is where we get our first instance of a bad guy uh, strangling Sam. Which will be a common occurrence. Because <laughs> <laughs> of course it will be. We also got two instances in one episode of the boys being tied up. Or of Sam specifically being tied up. We got two for Sam and one for Dean. Yeah. I might have to add a spreadsheet about that. <laughs> Hang on. Let me add a, a yeah, page in my spreadsheet. Often. But yeah, this is our first instance of Sam being strangled by a monster, which will become a regular occurrence. <laughs> <laughs> I think I tried to keep track of it when I did my rewatch before season 13, and I think I ended up with like 38 different instances over 12 seasons. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. It's a lot. <laughs> um, but this is when Dean arrives and he shoots the shifter and then takes his amulet back. Must um, be really trippy to, like, shoot someone that looks exactly like yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. It's a... Yeah, that I can't even imagine what that must be like. Um, and then we cut to the boys getting ready to leave. Dean is looking at a map when... Becky and Sam come out and give us kind of the tail end of Becky telling the truth, or Sam telling Rebecca the truth about what he does, and she says it must be lonely. And Sam says it's not so bad, and besides, it's my, you know, it's his family. Um, she tells him that his friends miss him. Uh, <laughs> we get a fun little scene, or a fun little bit, where Dean's like, you know, what's gonna happen you know, what about her brother? And Sam's like, oh, they're blaming on this Dean Winchester guy. <laughs> and they, the cop 
tapes, and the lawyers have admitted that it maybe the tapes were tampered with. Hmm. Um. And then we get some brother melodrama in the car, where Dean says he wishes Sam could just be a college guy. Uh, and Sam, Dean says, or Sam says he never really fit in at college, no matter, like, how much he wanted to. And this is when Dean says it's because Sam's a freak, but that's okay, because Dean's a freak, too. (laughs) (laughs) Which is just emphasized by the fact that Dean is, Dean then laments the missed opportunity to witness his own funeral. (laughs) (laughs) Which I just... I mean, how often can you do that? Yes! Man, <laughs> that's not a... That's not a thing. I kind of skipped over all the lore stuff. Yeah. Do we want to go into the lore stuff? Yeah, we can. Okay, well... Also, now the whole world thinks Dean is dead. Yep. Which is, <laughs> I mean, kind of convenient. It's convenient for his but job. But also inconvenient. It's convenient for his job. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um. But he's also... A, yeah. a mean, dead I criminal I now. Of, <laughs> I kind of went into all the the lore of shapeshifters, as far as we know. Like there, I don't know if I had a lot to add for that. Let me see. I, every every like culture has some sort of shapeshifting. Yeah, being don't they? Pretty much. Yeah, there's nothing really new that I discovered. Yeah. Interesting to read about, though. Yeah. The different mythology and cultures and stuff. All the different variations of them. Yeah. Throughout different mythologies. Alright. Two of of the most uh, popular, like, fairy tales, including shape-shifting, is... The Princess and the Frog and Beauty mm. and the Beast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's very true. Both caused by a curse and needing to find true love in order to break the curse. <laughs> yeah. I haven't seen those movies in forever. Your water bottle. <laughs> Your water bottle making an audio spike. Oh. I'm like, what? <laughs> Episode 7 of season 1 entitled Hookman. This is also a it's, it's not as good as Skin, but it's a decent episode. Yeah. Um This one is actually number 2 in the remember the uh the original 5 episode pitches that oh, yeah. Kirky posted. Uh Skin is not included in that. I don't think. Yeah, just double-checking it's not in it. Bugs is. Skin isn't. <laughs> Hookman is listed as episode two. And let me just read this real quick for you. So, as previously pitched, a young co-ed stumbles back to her college apartment, drunk, about to flip on the light. At the last second, she doesn't. She doesn't want to wake up her sleeping goody-two-shoes roommate. She climbs into bed, passes out. The next morning, she wakes up to find her roommate DEAD, in all caps. <laughs> 
throat slashed and written on the wall in blood, aren't you glad you didn't turn on the light? Cut to Sam and Dean are combing through Dad's journal for clues to his whereabouts, only to discover entries mentioning a recent rash of unsolved murders in a small Iowa college town. The boys check it out and quickly recognize the murders as the Hookman urban legends. The boys know the legends are very true, and they've been told for years. So what if they're, they all originated with one killer, a killer who's been around for decades, maybe centuries, who's seemingly immortal? How do you stop someone or something that can't be destroyed? <laughs> Further investigation reveals the murders all revolve around Lori, a terrified young student. The victims are her friends, the people she loves, uh... And no, she's not the killer, but the boys must figure out the connection. Sam takes an interest in Lori, and there's even a quiet attraction here, but it's futile because Sam and Lori share something in common, something haunting and poignant. Both feel they're cursed. Both feel that whoever they care about ends up dead or in danger. It's interesting to see what changed. Mm -hmm. That's what I love about reading these. It's a lot of similar... um like themes throughout it yes definitely that's something that definitely stuck just different scenes that they play out some things are different Lori is the goody two-shoes not her roommate um we don't start with the roommate dying we start with uh date her date Mm -hmm. dying which is a more um urban legendy origins yeah the, the story the dead boyfriend yeah thing um they kind of the car they kind of combine two stories. Yeah, two different versions of the urban legend. Yeah. So, and then, but they do, something they definitely do keep is that Sam and Lori both feel like they're cursed. Mm -hmm. And that's something they kind of connect over. over. Yeah. While at the same time it, you know, ensures that nothing more than friendship will happen between them. And plus Sam is definitely still in mourning. Oh yeah. Um, but without further ado... Let's get into this episode. So, right at the bat, we meet Lori, who is prepping for a date. Uh, and her roommate thinks she dresses too conservatively and encourages her to put on a more revealing top. Both tops, I think, are cute. Um, I don't remember what they look like. <laughs> <laughs> so, one of them's like a white button down. Uh, and then one of them, the one she ends up wearing, is like a kind of strappy top that's like like spaghetti straps and so like her upper back is bare and stuff hmm. so much very two very different tops i think both look nice on her but um Lori leaves on her date <laughs> with the fun little back and forth that is so cliche but i still love it which is the don't do anything i wouldn't do there's nothing you wouldn't do <laughs> <laughs> kind of excuse uh, me i'm trying to make sure that the microphone isn't behind your laptop so that you can still be heard. Um, Lori and her date are supposed to go to a party, um, but before that, he takes her to a spot under a bridge where they start kissing before Lori's dad calls her, but she doesn't answer. Um, they kiss some more. This is when her date turns into a dick. (laughs) Yeah. Starts, like, trying to, like, touch her, like, under her shirt, and he tells, she tells him no, but he keeps pushing. Mm-hmm. Um, we get some real creepy, like, this, the stuff inside the car interspliced with, like, there's, like, one shot where we see the car from outside as we saw it when it parked. 
And then a figure with a hook for a hand, like, steps across the frame. Yeah. And it's so creepy, and I love it. It's Captain Hook. <laughs> it's Captain Hook. <laughs> <laughs> um, inside the car, the date, I don't remember what his name was. He gets more pushy, and then they hear a scratching sound, which then we get the shot of, like, the the sign yeah. being scraped. Um, Rich, that's his name. Um, we get a shot of, like, the hookman dragging his hook over a street sign, and then after Rich gets out of the car, um, we see the car door get ripped up, like the street sign did, but you don't actually see the hook. Yeah. Um, which... This is the point, I think, where Rich disappears. Well, he, he gets like, out of the car. Well, he gets out of the car, yeah, but that's when we that's when he sees the car door thing Oh yeah. happen. And then he disappears, and Lori locks the doors and rolls up the window. Which is our first cue that it might be a ghost. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so that you can't see. Can't see the... Yeah. yeah. Um, this is when she hears footsteps and something lands on top of the car. Then she hears a scraping, dragging sound. And when she gets out to run, she turns back to see Rich hanging upside down from the bridge with his fingernail scraping on the roof of the car, which is straight out of the, the boyfriend, specifically the boyfriend's death legend, uh, which is set on a lover's lane and occasionally interpolates the radio warning aspect of the Hookman stories. The most common similarity between the two is the killer being said to be a hookman. Significant difference between the boyfriend's death and the hook include the boy exiting the car while the girl stays in the car all night. She hears scratching sounds on the roof, and when she's rescued in the morning by authorities, sees her dead boyfriend hanging upside down from a tree. So. Um, but the... 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 Reg, the most common hook legend is the one where there's a radio warning of an escaped convict or a madman um and that the couple survives and then they find the hook embedded in the car door once they're safely home mm -hmm. so it seems like the the hookman legend is much milder than the boyfriend's death legend but i like how they kind of combined the two yeah um, Are we doing the lore now, then? Let me scroll back up. I just went over it. What did you find about the Hookman? Um, yeah, I was reading. They have a couple different versions of the same urban legend, you know? Mm-hmm. But I found the Hook or the Hookman is an urban legend about a killer with a pirate-like hook for a hand attacking a couple in a parked car. The story is thought to date from at least the mid-1950s and gained significant attention when it was reprinted in the advice column Dear Abby in 1960. It has since become a moral morality archetype in popular culture and has been referenced in various horror films. Um, so the origins of the Hook legend are not entirely known, uh, but the story began to circulate sometime in the 1950s. Um, And it speculated that the legend might have roots in real-life Lover's Lane murders, such as the 1946 Texarkana Moonlight murders, which I researched a little bit. I've heard of those. Uh, basically, it was just a term coined by the news media where a series of unsolved murders and other violent crimes committed in and around Texarkana in the spring of 1946 by an 
unidentified serial killer known as the Phantom Killer or Phantom Slayer. The killer is credited with attacking eight people within ten weeks, five of whom were killed. It's a creepy set of murders. It is, yeah. Very interesting, though. It's super interesting, yeah. It pretty much threw that whole town into panic and hysterics for a Texarkana, if I remember correctly, isn't a very large town. Where is that, anyways? Texarkana? Or Texarkana? I think it's a... I didn't see where it was at. Let's see. It's a city in Texas um, located... Yeah, Texarkana is a city in East Texas with a twin city across the border in Arkansas. That hence the uh, name. Okay. Um. Huh. As of twenty nineteen, it has a population of just under thirty seven thousand people. But in nineteen forty six, I think it was much smaller than that. Oh yeah. Definitely. The, the, what I was reading about it seemed more like a small town. Like, it's kind of like a small town version of Kansas City is what I thought. That's how I've always interpreted it. You know, yeah. how Kansas City is one city, but it's got two parts. That's how I've always kind of arti- interpreted Texarkana yeah. as being. So. Basically, uh, a lot of the attacks happen to couples. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of why they kind of Link it back to the Hookman urban legends. Got, you know. Yeah. Telephone style twisted over time and yeah. retellings. And, yeah. Like one of them was in a, in a car in Lover's Lane. Uh, two of them it might have been. I think two of them were. Yeah. I don't remember correctly. It's been a hot minute, but yeah. So there was a lot of similarities that way. Yeah. You can see how that could add to that urban legend, you know. I think this is definitely one of my favorite urban legends that the boys have like delved into. Yeah. I knew nothing about this before, yeah. so I was surprised that it actually had that there was so much about it legit, to be found. Um, like real world stuff yeah. behind it. <laughs> I think of all the ones we've looked at so far, I feel like the Hookman one and Bloody Mary are the two with the most like yeah. kind of real world know how about them. And, like, Bloody Mary's origins are kind of unknown, Mm -hmm. but it's still, like, it's something that people have definitely heard of. of. More and more dramatized and popularized by teenagers and... Definitely, especially, especially with, you know, the rise and, you know, TV and stuff like that and those sorts of horror movies. Well, there there was um, nothing about a hook, though, in the... Texarkana Moonlight Murder, so I don't know where that came from. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not sure where that came from either. Hmm. Alright. Because in, like, the urban legends, it made it sound like it was, like, an escaped convict or something. Yeah, that's the... That's in the hook story, it's, like, an escaped convict or, you know, who has a hook for a hand, and they find the hook on the car door the next... You know, when they get home. But... Yeah. Well, I think it's kind of like every story where there's slight variations of it. You know, I might have heard well, it's that. it's like in, um... That story, that horror story growing up. Yeah. About the hook left on the car handle. That yeah. does sound familiar. Well, and like, the, um, there are non-hookman versions of the boyfriend's death story, including a Navajo version that attributes the death to a skinwalker. And in Europe, particularly the, the UK, the boyfriend is usually decapitated by an axe man who sits on the roof of the car bouncing the head, which is wow. fucking creepy. So, <laughs> I mean, this is 
Real gone glad all the our... way to, like, around the world. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So. Um, okay. Well, after we get the really creepy, very effective image of Rich hanging upside down over the car, we cut to Dean finishing a phone call where apparently he's checked the FBI database and ran John's plates and, like, looked into Jane Doe, or John Doe's and stuff like that, and he can't find any sign of their dad. Uh, in the meanwhile, Dean has found a case, <laughs> which is the one of Lori's murder date. <laughs> and I swear to God, every episode, one of the boys has to be like, oh, I don't think this is our thing. Last episode, it was Dean. This episode, it's Sam. Yeah. Sam doesn't think it's much. Dean says it could be something. So they head out. And they decide to go undercover as fraternity brothers transferring <laughs> from Ohio um, so they can stay in the frat house for free. <laughs> <laughs> so, but this is where they meet Murph. His name is Murph. His name is Murph. I'm guessing it's shirt for Murphy. But, yeah, he tells them about Rich, who was the guy who uh, got killed and says that he was with Lori Sorensen when it happened. Um... And then, like, the boys learn about Lori and that she's the daughter of a local preacher, a pastor. This is the guy that's telling them this is the one oh, that's yeah. being painted purple, he's, right? He's shirtless <laughs> and painting himself purple for a... He's like the mascot or Football something. game? Or Spirit Week. That's what he says. He says it's for Spirit Week. And then he asks Dean if he can get his back because he can't reach. And Dean says... Oh no, he's the artist and points at Sam and then is like, things he can do with a brush. <laughs> I don't know why. This is the thing that happens at least one other time where Dean is like faced with the aspect or the idea of having to do art of some kind and instead decides to throw Sam under the bus. <laughs> and I love it. It's funny, especially because Sam makes the cutest grumpy faces when it happens. <laughs> it's the best. <laughs> Um, but the boys learn that Lori is a the daughter of a local pastor, and so they go to the church, where they end up crashing the sermon <laughs> that Lori's father is doing for Rich. Sermon crashing. First it was That's awake. A new one. Oh, it's still awake. Kind of. <laughs> kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Um. <laughs> the fucking when they. <laughs> And they go in the door. Is it Sam who lets the door bang shut behind them or Dean? One of them lets the door bang Probably shut. Probably Dean. Like really loud. <laughs> and the other turns and looks at him like, dude. Oh, yeah, yeah it's it's Dean. I put it. Is it Dean? I said Dean stares at the door like it betrayed him. Because <laughs> it fucking did. This <laughs> is the look he gives the door is really funny. It's really like, good. how dare you? Well, and the look Sam gives Dean is just as good. <laughs> really, dude. I love it. I love it. So, the boys said, they're like, I think it's kind of like at the end of the sermon, because the, the dad's ending with a prayer, and Sam immediately, like, you know, bows his head, and Dean's just, like, sitting there. <laughs> like, has the kid ever been in a church before? Probably I swear not. to God. I mean, well, they probably have know, hunting things, but not well, for a sermon. We know for a fact that their dad has a hunter friend who is a pastor. Preacher Jim, right? Pastor Jim. Pastor Jim. Yeah. Father Jim. Do they call him fa- Pastor Jim? It's Pastor Jim. Um, so, it, but I'm not sure how much time the boys actually, like, spent it as members of his congregation in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. So, I don't think Dean really knows how churches work. <laughs> um, but we cut to after 
the sermon, and Lori's roommate wants her to come uh, back to the sorority house where they live for a girls' night, but Lori says it's, you know, it's Sunday dinner night, her dad makes dinner, like, she's already got plans, but she'll see about, maybe she'll come, you know. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is the point where the boys approach and introduce themselves, Um, and Sam says he understands some of what Lori is going through because he saw someone got get hurt once himself. Um, and Lori introduces the boys to her father, who Dean <laughs> takes <laughs> the opportunity to distract and leave his brother alone with the cute girl. <laughs> Which allows Sam to ask uh, like what the police are saying and he tells her that just because her story doesn't make sense doesn't mean it isn't real. Yeah. Which is a, something I wish the boys would say to people more often. Because often throughout the show, they'll face be faced with a witness who is like, you won't believe what we, you know, what I, the police don't believe me, so why would you believe me, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think it, because I feel like maybe it's just this, this line works really well with Lori, but I think in general, that's a good line that I think the boys could do to use more often, but just because it doesn't make sense doesn't mean it didn't happen. It, you know? Yeah. It, it doesn't mean you're going crazy just because it doesn't make sense. You yeah. know? I think that definitely would have... They should use that more often. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think they ever do. <laughs> cool. Good job, guys. No, they will say things like, no, you're not crazy. You know? But... <laughs> uh... They go to the library. I've missed them going to the library. <laughs> I've been so into the like later seasons. I've been watching season 13 uh-huh. along with the Monster of the Week podcast. Um, and so I'm like, like, they do everything's on their laptops and in the uh, motel rooms and stuff like that. They don't, they don't really go to like a library like this you know, anymore, you know? Yeah. But they get like boxes of arrest records because Sam thinks that Lori's story sounds like the Hookman legends, so they want to find a criminal who may have fit, or may fit the, like, the description of the Hookman. Yeah. And they find the record of Jacob Karn, who was arrested for killing 13 sex workers in one night with a silver hook on the same road where Rich was killed. So... That was easy. They found that fast. <laughs> found that real fast. Go, Sammy. <laughs> um, we cut back to the sorority house, where Lori's father is dropping her off. He's, I mean, he he's not. He doesn't not have good reason to be concerned about the influence of Lori's sorority sisters, <laughs> especially her roommate. Yeah, because they. But I mean, Lori is also an adult, and she can make her own decisions, so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> also, he, they, uh, I think they say there's 22 girls in that house. I don't know who says it, whether it's Rory or her dad, Lori or her dad, but there are 22 women in that house. That's a lot of people in one house. <laughs> Good fucking lord. 
I don't think I can handle being in a living in a sorority house. I would die. Also, how much fucking hair do they have to dig out of the shower drains on a monthly basis? <laughs> Too much. Their plumbing bills must be through the roof. Like yeah. I am one person, <laughs> and I yeah, get... I clog our drain on the regular. Just myself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just one woman can clog a, a shower drain on her own. Like twenty-two. How many bathrooms are there? Don't know. There better be at I don't least know four. how sorority houses work. Minimum four bathrooms. What the fuck? Better be a specially <laughs> built house for that purpose. I do think... I... No. I do think Lori's bathroom is, like, connected to her bedroom. Like, they've got, like, an ensuite thing. I think most sorority houses are kind of built for that purpose. Yeah. But I wonder, it might be, like, a Jack and Jill bed or bathroom kind of thing. Yeah. Where there's the doors into Probably. two different bedrooms. I don't know. They don't really show. We don't really see much of the layout of the house. We just really see Lori's Their bedroom. Room. Yeah. Yeah. Lori goes up to her room. She sees her roommate is sleeping, so she leaves her light off. Uh, now we're getting into what was the original opening scene. Yes. Yes. This is you know, what the original opening scene turned into. Woo. I was about... <laughs> you did your laptop. <laughs> yeah. Um, we get a jump to the boys on the road where Rich was killed because they're looking for the ghost. Dean gives Sam a shotgun with shells filled with rock salt because rock salt is a spirit deterrent. And I actually, I was doing some research in this for my own TV show because I was like, is that something I want to use? And salt has been a like, purification or protection in a lot of different um, cultures. cultures for a long time. The way the boys use it in the show is primarily based off of the way that Wiccans use it, I believe, hmm. if I remember correctly. Um, but salt is a purifier and a preservative, and so it uh, it has use it in a lot, of different, a lot of different mythologies and stories over the centuries. I thought that Sam seemed like he was a bit unfamiliar with using salt. I, it's not that he's unfamiliar with using salt, or I don't it think. it's the shotgun? I think it's the fact that the boy, that Dean has stuffed shotgun shells with salt that catches him off guard. He always seems so put off by Dean's inventions. <laughs> well, like this isn't Dean's invention, though. Um, they're pretty inventive. According, according to Dean, it's John's invention. Hmm. <laughs> but I would pay... I would bet real money that it was actually Bobby Singer's and John just, like, <laughs> popularized it. Yeah. And so he got the credit. Because <laughs> I love John, and he's a good hunter. But... So I guess I they didn't use uh, these as... Uh, yeah, I feel like this is, this is a recent development. At least in the time that Sam was away at college. Hmm. So. Um, and then we get a great moment. <laughs> a great bit where... The boys are, like, heading, they're like, okay, we're ready to face off against the ghost, and then here comes a cop with a real gun. Yeah. <laughs> and they're both like, oh shit. And Dean's like, he has the gun, because Sam's the one actually holding a weapon. <laughs> and it's so great. <laughs> this is such a good bit. I love it. <laughs> oh my god. And then back at the sorority house, Lori goes to bed. And then we get the fucking... The hook man behind the door. Yeah. Oh, he's so Don't creepy. Like Not a fan. That that is one reason why I cannot sleep with my bedroom door open. Yeah. 
Because anyone could be behind that. <laughs> no, you're gonna make me all paranoid to go to sleep tonight. That's why you close your door. I do. Because then no one will be behind the door. I walk in your my room. door every yeah, night. Yeah, yeah. Now they can't get in. Um, <laughs> we're both paranoid. Um, <laughs> we are. We cut to the next we're morning. We're women. We have to be. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the next morning, Lori wakes up to find the first. This poor, this poor girl. She, like, opens her eyes and sees blood on the floor. And is like, what the fuck? And looks up, and her roommate is dead. And I feel so bad for her. She's, like, waking up all peaceful. She's like, oh, Yeah, I yeah, nice looks sleep. like she had a good sleep. I was kind of jealous. And then she's like... <laughs> yes! Wait, I should go back to sleep. <laughs> for, for, for reference, because this is a podcast, and you cannot see Haley's fantastic facial expressions. Her eyes just bulged out of her head. It was great. <laughs> So um, I'll, I'll take whatever nightmare I had because that's better than waking that's up. Better right than now. this, yeah. <laughs> and this is where we get the uh, words carved on the wall with a very bloody hook, apparently, because they're like scratched on the wall, but also like there's red. Yeah. Um, he's he, dramatic flair, I guess. <laughs> uh, and it says, "Aren't you glad you didn't turn on the light?" And there's like a funny symbol underneath it, but they don't really draw too much attention to it right at the moment. Yeah. Um, we go to the police station where Sam and Dean are leaving because Dean managed to talk their way down to like a petty misdemeanor for Sam for having a gun. Because they were he, he his story was their 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 frat brothers. Sam is a dumbass pledge that he was hazing with a ghost hunt. Uh, and the shells are. I mean, it helps that the shotgun shells were full of rock salt. Not actual um, shells. Yeah. And also, that apparently Sam looks like a dumbass pledge. <laughs> according to Dean. <laughs> oh my god. And they go, I don't, how the fuck did their car get here? I guess, maybe, did the cops drive it? I guess the cops probably would have driven it, huh? What? When the boys got arrested, the, the Impala was under the bridge. Where Rich got killed, but now it's on the street outside the police station, so I'm guessing a cop oh. drove it. Yeah. Probably. <laughs> or it got towed there. My brain got... It, that's entirely possible, too. I hope not. My, t- my car's been towed once, and I had, like, they, like, bumped some sensors, and I had to, like, go in and have someone, Ugh. like, readjust them. That sucks. Because the fucking tow truck driver, like, fucked up my car. It didn't, like, cost me anything, because I went to a family friend who was like, oh, no, nah, no, I just gotta, you know, do yeah. car stuff that I don't understand. Um, but before the boys leave, all these officers rush out of the police station and get in their cruisers and drive away. And we go to back to the sorority house, where poor traumatized Lori <laughs> is sitting in the back of an ambulance while her father tries to talk the police into letting him take her home. Um, and while she waits, she sees the boys not very conspicuously drive past the crime scene with Sam's, like, goggling at it out the window. (laughs) 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 Fucking rubbernecking it. (laughs) Looky (laughs) lose. Um, but the policeman agrees to let Lori's father take her home as long as, like, she's available for questioning when they need her. The boys park, I guess, the next street over because they sneak, like, into the sorority house through the backyard, and then <laughs> climb up the, climb up the wall. 
I love that bit. I love it. Because Sam's wondering why the hookman would have come there, because it's so from the, far from the road. And Dean's like, well, maybe it's more about uh, something... Sorry, I'm reading my own notes trying to figure out what the fuck I wrote. <laughs> Dean speculates... Oh, crime. <laughs> that's what I was supposed to be writing. But I wrote crime because that's what Sam was doing <laughs> at the time that I was writing that. Um, Dean speculates that it, there's something more to the Hookman legend than just, well, the ghosts like... ghosts wouldn't need to be able to climb into a window, right? Shush. Shouldn't it just be able to, like, float up No, there? shush. <laughs> <laughs> um, Dean says, because Sam's like, you know, this isn't where the ghost, like, this isn't where he committed his crimes, and Dean says, well, maybe it's about more than just where the crime was committed. Um, and this is the point where Dean's, like, peeking around, like, trying to, I don't know, look at the sorority girls talking to the police, and is like, you think we'll see a naked pillow fight, I think? <laughs> is what he calls, what yeah. he says? But meanwhile... Meanwhile, behind him, Sam is fucking climbing a house. <laughs> Which, I love that, because Sam's just like, like, he doesn't even tell Dean. He, he just, just starts, starts climbing, climbing, and then yeah. Dean's like, whoa, shit, that dude's halfway up the wall. <laughs> like, um, but the boys climb onto, I was kind of confused by, like, the layout of this, like, is there, like, a, there's, like, a little balcony thing, but there's no door. It's just a window into a closet. But it's like yeah. a little like balcony, like I don't I don't understand the point. But whatever. Um, the boys you need some fresh air when you're in the this closet. This is very convenient because the boys climb through Lori's closet window and walk right into the crime scene. Who has a closet window? <laughs> what the heck? <laughs> well, she's got a big ass walk-in closet. Know, Did you see that? Why thing? would you have a window in like, your you closet? You could put a bed in there. That's a whole other bedroom. <laughs> I know. I'm just trying to think why would they design the house? That I don't way. know. I don't know, why is there, why does your window lead plot. out onto a tiny balcony where you could totally put, like, a chair <laughs> and, you know, maybe some plants and it would be kind of a nice, cozy place to sit? But no, there's a, there's no door, it's a, just a window. <laughs> oh my god. Um, the, the boys see the message on the wall, which Sam says is right out of the legend, and he also says he's never smelled ozone so strongly, which I feel like this is the only time that we, like... Yeah hear the mention of ozone. That's why I said, like, do does it smell like ozone when a ghost has been present? I, get, I don't know. Maybe because the ghost was we'll talk so... Talk about sulfur with demons later, yeah, but... Yeah, but maybe, maybe it was because the ghost was so, um, powerful. Hmm. You need to... I love you, but I'm taking this away. <laughs> Look at that. <laughs> <laughs> She's fucking making the audio spike with her goddamn water bottle. I didn't realize it. Sorry, I was fidgety. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> um, yeah, this is... Maybe it's because the ghost was so powerful. Maybe. And, like, old, but I don't know. I do not know. This is the only time that I can think of that and since when, we hear Ozone mentioned in reference to a ghost. Since when was the writing part of the legend? I don't remember reading that. I don't know. In, in Supernatural, it is. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um... Sam also points out the symbol that's carved beneath the message, which he he has a picture of Joseph Carnes' hook, and there's like a little like tag dangly thing on it. I guess. I guess it's like a little. 
decor. Why does this man have a hook in the first place? Because he lost his hand? I don't know. Um, you don't I just give like someone a hook I... when they lose their hand unless they're a pirate. Well, no. This is like back in... Hang on, let me find the transcript. Was this like a long, long time ago? Yeah. Um, let me open the transcript. Oh, hey, this aired a few days before Halloween in 2005. That's cool. You know what? In Austin, Texas, uh, September 13th is Supernatural Day. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Um, let me find it. Where's the library scene? Oh, 1862. 1862. Okay, a so preacher a named J- Jacob. That's his name, not Joseph. Jacob oh, and he was Carn. a preacher. Yeah, he was a preacher. What kind of preacher he has lost, a hook hand? He lost his hand in an accident and had it replaced with a silver hook. So, I know. Because it was the 1860s. Do they think like a hook's going to be useful for him? I don't as know. A replacement Maybe he hand? just wanted a hook hand. Maybe he thought it was cool. Maybe like he a, read a lot of pirate books a thing when he was a child. Then? If you lose a limb, you get a hook. <laughs> I don't know. I know that you can get hooks as like a prosthetic hook. Like that's a thing that people have still. Huh. You know, there I I've seen it where they'll get they'll have like. You know, interchangeable. Does that not count as a weapon? <laughs> no, because it's usually used to, like, grab things and stuff. Um, okay. Moving on. Um, I'm very curious symbol, about this now. The symbol that's the carved on the wall hands. is... Well, do some research while I read. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you don't have to, but if you want to. Um, the symbol carved on the wall is a symbol that was on Jacob Karn's hook. Um, Dean says they need to salt and burn the bones, but I think they're back at the library at this point, actually. Did I? No, maybe? Mm-hmm. Hang on. Let me check this transcript, because what the... Um... Oh, no, they're in the car. They go back to the car, and that's where Sam has the picture of the hook. Um, and then he reads that after execution, Jacob Carnes was laid to rest in Old North Cemetery in an unmarked grave. <laughs> Which is highly inconvenient. Except it's not really unmarked. Like, when I think unmarked grave, I think, like, no gravestone. Or, um, like a blank gravestone. But it's got yeah. the, the symbol from his hook carved on it. I guess so Dean can actually find it. But, you know, plot. And then the boys go to a party. <laughs> Actually, you know what? You know what I just realized? The party's at the frat house where the boys are staying. That's oh, that's is, why yeah. they go to the party. Duh. Um, Sam has done research, like the giant nerd he is, and found two instances in which a man of religion was preaching against sins uh, and was charged with murders that he claims claimed were committed by an unseen force. So Sam thinks the hookman is linked to Lori's dad, whether or not her dad knows it and is going to keep an eye on Lori while Dean looks for Karn's unmarked grave. So, uh, Dean goes to the graveyard and conveniently, as I mentioned, finds a grave with the symbol that was on Karn's hook and Lori's wall, digs it up, salts and burns the bones, 
Um, this is our first instance of a salt and burn, actually, which means I need to put it in the spreadsheet. Because <laughs> he has a way of a spreadsheet for that. Um, I should just leave this fucking spreadsheet open. Why do I keep closing <laughs> it? I don't think we have any more things that we're tracking. Yeah, I just realized that sand gets knocked out twice in 106. That's another thing I wanted to keep track of. <laughs> Gonna have some brain damage by now. <laughs> sand. That's actually something I like to explore in fanfics. Uh, is like the long-term effects of the regular injuries the boys sustain while hunting. Alright, so this is our first instance of a grave desecration and assault and burn. Which is surprising since we're six, seven episodes into this show. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I made a note about and that And they too. become very common. They are our most common monster, as I believe I mentioned in the pilot. So... Uh, but meanwhile, while Dean is salt and burning the bones, Sam is standing outside Lori's house like a creeper. Like a creeper. Uh, he witnesses an argument between Lori and her father. I don't know if he hears everything. We hear it, though. Yeah. That Lori's father is seeing a married woman. Um, and then cut to kind of a little bit later. Lori finds Sam outside and says she saw him from upstairs. Uh, he says that he's keeping an eye on the place because he was worried about her. And she stokes that she's already called. The, she jokes that she's already called the cops, <laughs> and then says that she thinks he's sweet, which I find unrealistic. The calling the cops much more realistic. Yeah, uh, like why would you pr approach a strange man yeah, that you hardly yeah. know outside your I guess, house? I guess I guess it's part of it's because they kind of connected at the church before, yeah. where Sam was like, like I. Like, he sympathized with her, he listened to her story, he told her that just because it didn't make sense didn't mean it didn't happen, you know? Um, but she says that Sam is sweet, which is why he should run as fast, run away as fast as he can, because she thinks she's cursed, and people around her keep dying, which is something Sam can relate to. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> So, she expresses her frustrations about her father and his immorality, how it goes against everything he's taught her. And this is, I think, when Sam starts to realize that the hookman is not tied to Lori's father. Um, it's tied to her dad, but he doesn't really get a chance to think too much about this, because that's when Lori You mean pulls... tied to her? He's tied... Yeah, he's tied to Lori and not her dad. Yeah. Thank you. But what are words? <laughs> he said, it's not tied to her father, it's tied to her dad. <laughs> <laughs> I was sitting there for like ten seconds, like, wait, what? Hey, what? I don't know how to talk. <laughs> Did I miss something? <laughs> yes. called my ability to form a coherent <laughs> sentence. Good lord. Um. Uh. Lori pulls Sam in for a hug and then kisses him, but he pulls away and says that he can't, which is when she, like, she immediately recognizes that it's not because he doesn't, like, find her appealing or anything, it's because he's still mourning the person that he mentioned before that he lost. So, and this is when Lori's dad comes out and calls her back inside. Uh, and she says she'll come in when she's ready, right before the hookman appears behind him and attacks uh, and they run inside, and Sam follows the hookman inside, up the stairs, 
I don't. I think he hears him screaming. Yeah. That's how he knows where to go and shoots the hookman with rock salt. Um, thankfully, Laurie's dad survives. So they cut to the hospital where Sammy's explaining what he saw to the cop, who tells him to stay out of trouble. This is this. I think this is actually the same cop <laughs> that is. arrested them under the bridge. So yeah, mm, yeah. This is when Dean shows up. This is such a cute little Dean's little. I don't, that's my brother. Hey, brother. Yeah, <laughs> it's adorable. <laughs> Love it. It's a favorite. Hey, brother. Um, and Dean shows up, and Sam tells Dean that he thinks the spirits latched onto Lori. And says he burned. Dean says he burned the bones. Sam asks if he got the hook because that was the murder weapon and, in a way, was a part of him. Uh, and then we get... They talk in sync. I think... I don't know who starts it, but one of them says we find the hook and then they both say we stop the hook, man. I love when they talk at the same time. <laughs> oh, I love it. They're so in sync. I love it. Um, back at the library, Dean finds record that Karn's possessions were returned to the church, and then Sam finds a record that the hook was melted down into something else. Which, this is something that kind of, uh, took me out of my suspension of disbelief for a bit. Which is, why did, why does throwing the necklace in the fire later work, but melting the hook down to turn into the necklace... (laughs) doesn't. I never thought of that. Maybe because they didn't actually destroy I guess, the silver part yeah, of it. Yeah, that would make sense. But I feel, I don't know, I feel like melting it down would still be like a, there, there's still a purification process going on there, but I guess if the, because the boys have to like salt and burn it. Yeah. And if there's no... Plus it wasn't destroyed completely. Yeah. That yeah. little symbol I guess was still... It's a cross. Yeah. Whatever it <laughs> that was. That little symbol. I didn't know it was a cross. It looked weird. Uh, back at the the house and church, which are like next to each other, I guess, Sam breaks into the house and Dean breaks into the church to round up anything that looks silver so they can burn it in the church basement, which I didn't know where they were at first, but that's where they are. They're in the process yeah. of burning it when Lori arrives to pray, and Sam goes to comfort her, and she says she blames herself for what happens, and that she thinks she deserves to be punished, which summons the Hookman. Uh, Lori protects Sam. Damn it, Lori. <laughs> yep. Oops, you done fucked up. Um, Lori, like, does his best to protect her. Um, Dean took his sweet-ass time. Wait, wait, say that last sentence again. What? <laughs> what did I say? What did I say? <laughs> said, I quote, Lori does his best to protect her. (laughs) (laughs) Sam protects Lori while Dean takes his sweet ass time getting up the stairs. Okay. Dean shoots Hookman. They realize that Lori is wearing a church heirloom, a necklace made of silver that was given to her by her father. Um, We get a fun little Dean tosses Sam the gun, Sam tosses Dean the necklace, and then Dean runs back down the stairs to burn it while Sam fends off the hook man. And just in time, Dean gets the necklace in the fire. So, there's a gag reel bit of this, where Dean, or Jensen tosses the gun to Jared, and Jared tosses the necklace, and Jensen doesn't catch it. And so he, like, fumbles for it, and then he yells, I got it! And just, like, 
takes off. It's really great. They should have kept that. It's that so take. good. <laughs> well, they couldn't have kept it because they both, they just, everyone just busts up laughing. Oh. So it's unusable, but. <laughs> um, it was. Uh, yes. The hookman is destroyed now. Does it silver naturally melt that quickly? How That's soft is silver? How fast? Because they're like throwing some solid chunks of silver in the melt in the fire, and it's melting pretty damn fast. Um. I mean, like. Oh, apparently it could take from two minutes to twenty minutes, but like, not not nearly. <laughs> but I think this it, is melting within like thirty seconds. I think part of it isn't just the melting, but like the actual like destruction is burns the. I guess I don't know. Um. I don't know. I, I don't. I doubt it melts that fast. But no. you know, plot. <laughs> uh, we cut to the next morning. Dean is telling the cops that they all saw the man with the hook, and then assures the cop that they're leaving town. <laughs> Sam got all patched up, and I have seen this episode so many times and never once noticed that they cut off Sam's left sleeve, which makes sense because he got a cut on his arm, and they have to like they can't just like roll up the sleeve. You know, they need mm-hmm. to get to it. And have easy access, and so they just cut the sleeve off. But it's- I just never noticed. Yeah. It never clicked to me. Um, but Lori, uh, approaches Sam and thanks him, uh, and we get, like, a fun little shot where Dean is watching them in the side view mirror of the- the Impala. And I- I really like that shot where you get Sam and- or, yeah, Sam and Lori mm-hmm. in the mirror. It's kind of fun. Yeah. Um- I think Dean was hoping that Sam and Lori would kiss. Uh, yeah. Cause seemed he, to be hoping. I, I think he, later on in the season, will get a little more of him, like, pushing for Sam to kind of get out there and yeah. make connections with women. to be able to women. move on from yeah. Je- Jess. It was a Jesse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not be so heartbroken. Yeah. Know. But I think Sam and Lori have kind of reached an understanding with each other. Like, they obviously, like, connected, but it wasn't just because, like, they, you know, found each other attractive. It was because they found, like, a kindred spirit in someone who also knew what it was like to witness something horrible and to lose someone really important to you, you know? Also, Lori almost died. (laughs) Mm-hmm. I feel like she's got some new priorities. And she <laughs> over the watched the... two people die, and her and dad she, almost yeah. died. <laughs> she's, she, yeah. So, uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, the boys get in the car and drive away. Is there? How, I didn't write down any dialogue there. I Let did me... make an observation that I don't know. Um, At the end, it seemed like... Oh, Dean says we could stay, um, and then Sam says... No, Sam just shakes his head. And they leave, I guess. But yeah, okay. I did notice that uh, Lori was wearing, like, all white at the end. I wondered if that was, like, symbolic, because it seemed like she was wearing darker colors throughout the rest of the episode. I didn't really notice her clothes, but I wouldn't be surprised. Well, and, like, she was in a lighter colored top right at the very beginning, but then she puts on that dark red one Yeah. that her roommate gives her. So, I thought kind of, like, that would Because she, like, finally got rid of the 
the what's thing been, like, haunting her. her. Yeah. yeah. Both huh. literally and, you know, figuratively I'd never, haunting her. I did not notice that. That's a good catch, babe. Yeah. I wondered if that was a uh, purpose. It, if it, it probably was on purpose. That sort of, like, detail. Yeah, that was probably on purpose. Is there anything else about either of these episodes that you want to talk about, babe? I looked up the history of hook hands. Oh, yes! Let's well, go into that real quick. It was just someone's take on it. But she was, um... Looks like she's a nurse, so... Uh-huh. Seems credible. Um, it was a common prosthesis for a loss of a hand. Um, the reason they used it was because the hook had a fair amount of utility for an amputee that had lost the ability to employ a pincer-type grasp. It functionally strikes a balance between open and closed positions of thumbs to fingers. So it allows the users to not only grab and pull objects toward him or her, but also to disengage let go of the object with reasonable ease and speed. So, oh. that's why okay. that shape... That, that, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. That the hook, just the shape of the hook makes it more effective. Because, like, I know, like, like wooden hands and stuff were a, th- are a, th- were a thing... Mm-hmm. For a long time, but like, if your hand is like wooden and in one position, like you're pretty limited with what you can actually do with it. Yeah. But with a hook, it's kind I, of like this. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's the distance between like your index finger and your thumb. Yeah. So it's kind of like if you just had an index finger and a thumb that like couldn't move. Yeah. But you'd still be able to like, you know, pick. You know, you'd be able to kind of pick things up a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So, that makes sense. Alright. Yeah. Thanks, babe. That's anyway, very interesting. That was answered on Cora by Sabrina Wolkos. <laughs> on Cora. <laughs> Two years ago. <laughs> so thanks, Sabrina, for listening to <laughs> <laughs> Friend of the show. Total stranger on the internet. Love it. Alright. I think think that's all for this week next week we're going to be covering (laughs) season one episode eight bugs and we're actually doing this episode on its own uh (laughs) partly because i want to be able to cover uh i just forgot the episode that comes after it that's not the right button where's the schedule (laughs) where's my schedule I want to be able to cover um, episode 9, Home, on its own. Yeah. So, um, I'd rather not combine it with Bugs, but also Bugs has some pretty good Sam lore in it, or Sam stuff in general in it, so. Yeah. Yeah. So next week we're going to be covering season 1, episode 8, Bugs. Uh, in the meantime, if you have, uh, thoughts about this episode, or about any previous episode we've covered, or, you know, questions you want to ask us or whatever, you can contact us on social media. You can find the podcast on Twitter at TalkAboutSamPod, on Instagram at we need to talk about Sam Podcast, and on Tumblr at we need to talk about Sam. I'm Little Red Who Could on Twitter, and the Little Red Who Could on Tumblr, Haley Beeb. Where can the people find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at lifeliveson3. 
and Tumblr at hfthoughts-blog. Sweet. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, and I guess we will see you next week. TikTok audio, right? Which one? The Red Kingdom one. What's that? Oh boy. <laughs> what is this song? Let's see if it'll play. We're gonna get an ad first. Oh, it's not gonna make noise. <laughs> You know what? I'm just gonna open it on my phone because my laptop hates me. official song of the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, oh, really? But it kind of went a little viral on TikTok because a bunch of Trump supporters <laughs> were trying to, like, make it their thing, oh, you gosh. know? So. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> but yeah. Okay. Are we ready? Yeah. Yay. I'm so fucking tired. We'll see how this goes. I'm so tired, dude. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. I worked nine hours today. Ew. We've been I... up since eight thirty. I just stayed up way too late. <laughs> I could have gotten another hour of sleep because I like woke up to check my phone to see if my group members had decided on a time for our meeting and they were like 3.30 works for us and I was like cool I have another hour I can sleep and then instead I laid in bed and read fan fiction <laughs> yep. yeah <laughs> so <laughs> yep I see buddy okay <sighs> I'm delirious Oh boy. This might be as bad as being drunk. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> you haven't seemed too delirious. You're not inside my mind. I guess that's true. <laughs> I'm glad I don't seem too delirious. <laughs> you seem sleepy, but you don't seem loopy yet. You know? Mm-hmm. I'm getting there. Oh boy. By the end this of the podcast. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> this is gonna be a fun episode. My eyes are watering. Because oh, no. they're so tired. Oh no. <laughs> Babe. <laughs> okay. Are you ready? 
Says me who has to start this goddamn thing. <laughs> shit babe <laughs> yeah i know um i don't know how to delete all of them hit, hit that button nope the little like and then you can hit select all but what if i don't want all of them deleted then you move them somewhere else because i have some starred like our tickets that doesn't lock them though it's just a way of like denoting well, that then, see i can't do that no, so you put the ones that you want to keep somewhere else. Where? I don't know. You move them. See, go back to your primary. Can I just delete all on social? Yes, yes. Click it. Click the... No. Just click the, the box. And then click select all 6,630 conversations in social. <laughs> oh my god, babe. Yeah, and now hit the delete <laughs> button. And it's gonna be like, do you sure you want to do this? And you're gonna say Yes. And then your Google Drive is going to have a seizure because it doesn't know the handle. This is satisfying. <laughs> oh boy. It's going to take it a hot second. <laughs> it's loading. I don't even want social notifications. <laughs> I don't usually get notifications for them. You can turn them off. Like for Twitter and Facebook and stuff, you can. That seems like a lot of it. <laughs> no, if you just go into Twitter and like go into your notifications and be like, "Don't send me emails." That's really thinking about. Oh yeah. Uh, now it says fifty of many. Hang on, it's still loading. It's still kind of figuring itself out. Way <laughs> of giving Google. Like, what the fuck is all that? She will a heart attack. I don't even know those people. <laughs> I've never used LinkedIn. You might have to do it again. Did it delete any? It, it deleted a bunch. Okay, now you've only got nine left. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes when you have that many, it can't get rid of them all in one go. That was. It will try. That was really satisfying. But yeah. I want to do these two. Sixteen thousand? Sixteen thousand three hundred and twelve conversations in promotions. Oh, nope, don't hit that button. <laughs> you want the delete button. The clear selection clears your selection. Holy shit, babe. I didn't ever oh agree God. to all this. <laughs> no, when you put your email in anywhere, they decide to send you stuff most of the time. You can, like, go through and unsubscribe from things. That would take way too long. <laughs> Maybe you just want to make a habit of regularly clearing out your promotions. <laughs> That's also too much effort. Oh my god. I don't want anyone to have my email anymore. <laughs> I just need a new email address. <laughs> oh my god. It's sinking really hard. I've never seen that big of a number on an inbox. Like, ever. That's just promotions. Oh, I know. That's... <laughs> and then you're gonna have to do... Uh, select and delete again. 
Nice. Yay! Your emotions tab is empty. So the 2000 was just my primary. <laughs> I yeah. thought that was a combination of everything. No, it's just your primary inbox. But what you can do... I have some important stuff saved, though, on here. Is, like, you can go through and, like, mark it, and then you can move it. To what? Notes, social, where you can create a new one. So, like, I have a... a folder in my email that's just for emails to inf like email conversation with my advisor things like that well, apparently if you right click on it it does it too You don't have to nest it under anything that's just if you wanted to li like if you wanted to if you had a folder that was for school and then you want to divide that into uh, scholarship advisor like class emails <laughs> what <laughs> when this little star thing or not the star the little arrow thing is important importante <laughs> sweet where's that oh there you go. Oh. You have to hit the little the categories. Scroll. If I <laughs> deleted it, I swear. No, it's right there. Okay. Ta da! There it is. Yeah. There's already Babe. something called important. <laughs> Did you not know this is a thing? What a thing? That you could, like, move emails out of your inbox? No. Oh my god. <laughs> How was I supposed to know that? I love you. <laughs> I'm not tech savvy. <laughs> it's not that complicated tech-wise, They don't though. teach you that in school. <laughs> <laughs> I guess not. <laughs> I've now spent 11 minutes with me explaining how emails work to my girlfriend. <laughs> uh -uh. <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> you make fun of me the whole time. But. Yeah, because you're cute. Mm -hmm. dead dog. Yeah, that's what I can call it when a dog is sleeping. When they're like sleeping <laughs> real like, hard. what? <laughs> I can see her breathing. She's fine. If she was actually dead, I, I feel like we like, you know, I wouldn't joke about it. <laughs> she, she does such big breaths. It's kind of funny. <laughs> like every breath is a sigh. <laughs> I love her. <laughs> Alright, are you ready? Yeah. Okay.
This is We Need to Talk About Sam, a podcast where a supernatural superfan and a supernatural newbie discuss every single episode of the hit CW show. Are you okay, babe? I was <laughs> coughing up a hairball. While I'm trying to record. <laughs> like, Travis, do the whole just, like, cat thing. <laughs> doing the whole cat. Like, yeah. <laughs> I had a big thing of hair in my back of my tongue. <laughs> you couldn't have gotten it before I started talking. I just barely noticed. How did you just barely notice? I, I did. <laughs> okay. Well, that was so funny. You looked like that cat from that TikTok, the one that was like licking and getting his tongue stuck in his yeah. collar. Oh That's my god. What I imagined I looked like. <laughs> That's exactly what you looked like. <laughs> god, that was so funny. <laughs> okay. I'm only to the beginning of January. Middle oh of January. Alright. All right. We're gonna try again. <laughs>